Welcome back to Swing the Twig. It is a Tuesday, and Jeff and Anthony are here as always. I'm Tommy, and well, I guess the season's over for the Yankees. Uh, Jeff and I kind of warned you if you were optimistic about the ALCS, we saw that coming. We basically wrote an obituary on Thursday about that series. And for the record, when we did that podcast on, we recorded on Thursday night, we were basically only down, we were about to go down 2 nothing going back to New York at the point when we did that podcast. So that is where we stood, and we were both fully confident that the series would end more than likely in a blowout. I, I thought sweep as a pessimistic person, but I, I mean, just judging by the offense and how it looked in, in Houston, I wasn't optimistic for anything in New York. Maybe a little bit of a swing because of the fans and all that stuff, but I mean, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. Before I get to anything else we talk about regarding the Yankee season, guys, what is your overall assessment on this team? Uh, anything you guys think, obviously there's a lot of changes that are going to need to be made to this, whether it's the roster, management, players, what, what have you. Where do you guys think the first problem was with this season? How would you assess it the whole season? Where do we begin? I think is the better question. Like, really, where does it all begin? I mean, performance-wise, I mean, you could talk performance. You could talk about mentality, uh, front office, decision-making, trades. Uh, I know Jeff's blamed Brian Cashman for a lot of things on here. Um, he sounds like a lot of Yankee fans today. And a lot of Yankee fans like myself are... I'm not fully on board with that yet, but I'm pretty freaking close. And just in the sense of where we need like a change in, you know, new blood kind of thing. I mean, I mean you want to, what's that? What, what has Cashman done for us? Honest, seriously, what has Cashman done for us? The, I think, I think, you know, to defend Cashman a little bit, a little bit, even though I'm not on board with him staying anymore, I will say. The farm system looks great. The Yankees farm system looks great in Somerset. Uh, Wilkes-Barre. Uh, I mean, you can't really. I like the farm system personally. I think Cashman has done a great job with that. And our young prospects look great too coming in. So I'm really optimistic about the future and what he's done in that regard. Uh, pitching. You know, I, I know Cashman got a lot of shit for the, for the Bader and Montgomery trade back in the summertime. But I got to tell you, that trade looks really good now. I mean, Montgomery was a back-end starter. Montgomery was never like a, a near-ace pitcher. He was a guy that, you know, was a back-end guy, kept the ball in the park. And we needed a, a guy like Bader. And <laughs> imagine if we didn't have Harrison Bader this playoffs. Uh, this We probably would not have beaten Cleveland. Who knows? But, I mean, you know, when you look back on it, I think what Cashman's done has been really good surrounding the pitching and the farm system. Now, where do I think Cashman's gone wrong is what we brag about, the offense. The offense has been incredibly uh, home run reliant for for so long. Now you can make the case, right, Jeff? Like a lot of teams rely on the home run ball. But well, yeah, yeah, especially I mean, that, game. Yeah, I mean that that's just the name of the game now. You know, it it's home run ball. You know, home home run or bust, swing for the fences. You know, uh, statistics and sabermetrics say go for the home run. You know that that that's just the nature of the game we play today, which is fine. You know, if that's what everyone else is doing, then you got to kind of follow the trend or you kind of fall to the wayside. That being said, we rely way too much on it. You know, Cashman sees we have a short porch, we have a short fence, 
you know, everyone in the league knows it. We get rat we get ratted on for it so much. Um, it's part of the reason why some people genuinely don't care about Judge it, Judge breaking Maris's record because they say, Oh, it was in a short stadium. It put him in Fenway, it doesn't count. You know, that all that uh, stuff. I don't care. I don't care about that. But I mean, yeah, I mean cause, cause, yeah. what's that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care about it either, but the fact that matters, we're still so reliant on the home run ball. And like I was saying, it's because Cashman sees short porch. We should be hitting home runs more often than not, and we do. But the problem is when we're not hitting home runs, we literally do nothing. Even Even Harrison Bader, you know, like, yeah. He was the spark and the energy that we needed. You know, he was smashing home runs left and right. But even then, what what was he doing? Hitting home runs, and that's all Andrew's he was. Here. Yeah, and that, that and that's all he was really doing. I know Anthony was on here a lot throughout the regular season, talking about the fact that you know the Yankees would be on this incredible run, right? And it was so true. Like he would always say, right? It, correct me if I'm wrong, AC, but like. He would always say, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a great run. The offense looks great, but they're all home runs. Yep. And that and that is a massive discrepancy between the Yankees and other teams, in my mind, especially during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, as much as as much as we were winning in the first half of the season and you know, in September, and you know, no one really wants to talk about the second half of July and August, I mean I mean, all, like, the walk-offs were home runs. Like, it was very, like, we lived and died by the long ball. But, like, the thing was that we were hitting them, right? Judge was on his quest for 62. Carpenter was healthy and red hot. You know, Rizzo had that great April, which is why his stats look as, I guess, decent or good as they did now because of he batted, like, 315 with nine home runs and, like, 30 RBIs in April. But... I mean, I, I keep saying it is that the philosophy has not changed with this offense. It is home run or die. And in the playoffs, you can't – it's not going to win you games. Right? Well, it can, but, like, you got to be on it. And the Yankees just weren't on it. You know, everybody basically one to nine was batting under 300. The highest hitter was – the I mean, the best hitter was hitting, like, 290, 280. Um and, you know, to Jeff's point, I mean, look, the Bader trade has worked out for us in the end. Like, you know, I'll admit it, it worked out. But he only, but he was just, he was just ripping it deep, you know? So I think that's the problem. And I, and I said it going into this season is that we needed a new hitting coach. We needed a new philosophy. I didn't agree with what CC said on this podcast of like, oh, we shouldn't get rid of Marcus Daines. I mean, what, what, what was he doing? He wasn't doing anything spectacular. And then they bring in the, these two new boneheads who I don't even know their name. They're a bunch of nobodies. And what's their philosophy? The same exact thing, except their one thing that, they, that they're saying is, oh, hit strikes hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah duh. Like, that's the whole point. So I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with, you know, the offensive philosophy of this team. Um, it, you know, it pains me. I wish we were more kind of, we can do it all, and I think we have hitters that can do it all. Who can hit home runs? Who could? Who can go uh, gap to gap, line to line? You know, but instead they're just trying to go three hundred fifty feet and try to hit the long ball, and it's just it's not going to work. Um, fans are upset. You know, I'm pretty upset. 
Um, not as upset oh, as some other are. fans are, but I'm upset. And, um, you know, it just sucks. And to your guys' point about Cashman, I think, you know, I understand everyone's calling for Cashman's job. And I actually just read a report on Twitter that him and Boone are likely going to be retained. So they're not leaving, most likely. I, I anticipated that. Um, so That's not news but, to me. Yeah. But I think – but I think Cashman, in my my opinion, when we you guys talk about this, I think Cashman would have been let go sooner. I think what what bought Cashman time and why he still has a job is what what happened in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. The twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen window was a very very crucial point in Cashman's career with the Yankees because it was after the core four and after all those guys retired that was kind of over and done with we move on from that chapter at close time to move on okay we weren't making the playoffs we didn't have a we had a good team but we didn't have a great team right we were always hovering around 500 but we weren't making the playoffs um and some moves needed to be done and what did he do he traded for glaber torres and in return he shipped chapman back to not back to chicago then the next year he flipped it and got him back he signed with new york and then 2017 i mean they had that magical run and we were basically one win away from the World Series. And in that moment, I think it saved his job and it saved his career. And then obviously the next offseason, we trade for John Carlos Santos. So that 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 time saved, in my opinion, saved his career. Because had he not have done that, um, and had we not have had the great season that we did have in 2017, I think he would have been fired. Now, here's so, another question. That's a good point. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you just said. But now think about it logically, right? Now the Yankees and the fans are on this, you know, they have this massive goal. Most of the Yankee fans at this point, large majority, want to re-sign Aaron Judge. That's obvious. And now he's not a New York Yankee technically at the moment as, as we do this podcast. Now, if you fire a general manager, what are the odds that Judge, I think the odds go down for Judge re-signing with the Yankees. Think about it. He's got that relationship. If you fire Cashman, First of all, you got to have a plan to replace him. Number one, you got to have that replacement before you even do anything with um, discussion to Aaron Judge. But on top of that, right? Like, think about it. If if you replace Cashman with another general manager, it changes the whole dynamic of the negotiations. There's a chance Judge walks and doesn't like the new general manager. So the way I'm looking at it is, there needs to be new blood. Yes, but we have to start transitioning out a little bit here because. You look at the Astros staff, right? I know people say the playoffs is a crapshoot. A lot of people say that. But the Astros have now been to the World Series, or sorry, they've they've won the pennant, I think four out of the last six times, which is crazy to think about mm-hmm. of their four uh, six times making the playoffs. That's crazy, right? And, they've won it three times. Sorry, three. And the Astros technically won a World Series off of that too in 17. But Take that 2017-2019 season, take those seasons out. The Astros are still a very talented team. And they don't even have most of those guys in their team anymore. Obviously, the big names are kind of still there, minus Correa. But the Astros are are in it. I walked away from Yankee Stadium with AC and and another friend of ours on Saturday night. And I said, I, I kept saying, like, I can't be mad at the Astros. I have nothing but respect for these guys. Uh, with I meant guys like Pena, guys like Alvarez, you know, the, the main guys that are doing the damage for Houston. It wasn't Altuve. Bregman nope. got a little bit of, Bregman did a little bit of damage, but that's to his credit. I mean, it's at Yankee Stadium. There's no cameras there. There's no cheating by Houston in this series at all, right? So I think the Yankees need to get this mentality of 
they they let they get Houston in their heads at this point. Brian Cashman made comments this past season on the Astros cheating scandal so repeatedly. Yeah, and it's irrelevant at this point. Why bring it up? It's almost like it's almost like they're in our front office's heads to to where we feel like if we lose to the Astros, well, they cheated against us. What do you want us to do? We had that chance. Yep. And I'm wondering now at this point, we've kind of moved past it as fans. When is the front office going to move past it and say, you know what? We got to beat this fucking team now. When has that come that time? Because it hasn't come. And the mentality certainly isn't there. Doesn't seem to be there that, that they, they really want to beat Houston tomorrow. Correct? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, if you come in to a game like that with the mentality of, you know, we haven't beaten these guys. They're like boogeymen, you know. You're going you're you're going to manifest that loss when you do that, especially when you willingly give up game one in Houston and say, Ah, it's a wash, we'll get him tomorrow, it's no big deal. You know, what you can't approach a game thinking we need to beat these guys. You view them like you do anybody else. You study them, you prepare for the game, and you go out there and you just play the damn game. You don't worry about 2017 or 2019. You don't, you don't worry about the possibility that we are cursed against the Astros now at this point. You don't think about any of that. You just go out there and you just play the damn game. The second you start getting those kind of superstitions and those trends of the past stuck in your head, you've already lost the game. Totally. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing, I'm trying to get this image up now because I, I've been trying to find it and it's an, it's an amazing contrast. There's a, there's a huge, massive discrepancy in the, in the time in which the Astros front office has been brought into place versus how long the Yankees front office has been there. The same people. We're talking about personnel, the people that are there now. The Astros general manager, guys, James Glick, it's not the same general manager from the cheating days. This is a new general manager with a with a mindset to win. He's a young general manager with you know winning aspirations. Uh, I mean, when you look at the Astros staff, they all most of them, if not all of them, have been hired around 2018 or after uh, after. Now they cleared house because the the clean house because the cheating scandal and all that. I think a lot of it had to do with that. But then again, look at the baseball operations staff. Look at the coaches. Look at look at the guys they're able to develop, like Jordan Alvarez, from a, a slumping Dodger to a superstar. I mean, think about that. Think about what the Astros have done. This is why I say maybe maybe it is a better idea to uh, let Cashman go and replace Cashman. Uh, it doesn't have to do with, in my opinion, it more has to do with getting new blood, getting a younger mindset. We've already started that with the coaches, guys. We've already started that with guys like Blake. Right. As, as one big example with the pitching mindset, you know, we relied on a guy like Larry Rothschild for so long. And now we're past that old, like that phase. Now we're in a new school uh -huh. phase. I think that's what really improved the Yankees staff this season. And I think the Yankees bullpen is still one of the best in baseball. It was just so poorly mis It was so poorly managed throughout most of the season and the playoffs, especially the playoffs. We should have lost to Cleveland. I've said that before, but I mean, look at it, right? I mean, just how poorly managed it was. The rotation looks pretty solid in my mind. You know, our top four is pretty good. 
I would argue all of our top four pitched pretty well against Houston overall. Overall, when they when they had to, even Tyone was all right. He got lucky, right? But man, I mean, when you yep. look at it, when you look at the the difference in the personnel of the front office, it is mind blowing. I mean, Cashman's been the general manager since 1998. He's got to be the longest tenured general manager. one of the longest in baseball history yeah in baseball history i think not only in baseball history but i think in sports history because he said it in i always reference the geo documentary is that yeah you know when you get to that status in any sport that's it the next thing is you getting fired that's it and 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 he's right or you move on to do it to do a different um to to a different uh a different team as a manager like you know, like, 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 look at Dave Dombrowski, for example, right? I've seen this guy make his rounds around Major League Baseball, and this is what Dave Dombrowski does. Dave Dombrowski will come to an organization, spend a shit ton of money, okay? He'll get them to the World Series, and then they'll implode, and then he'll leave. He did it in Detroit, right? He signed Prince Fielder, Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera was already there. They had Verlander, Scherzer, Jordan Zimmerman, Anibal Sanchez. He got them to the World Series in 2012. They got swept by San Francisco. Then they kind of imploded, and then he dipped. Then he went to Boston, right? Signs J.D. Martinez, had had a, had a young Xander, Devers, had a prime Mookie Betts, traded for Chris Sale. What does he do? Wins them the World Series. What happens? They implode. He dips. Now he's in Philadelphia. What does he do in Philadelphia? Signs Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, um, Zach Wheeler. He already has Nola and Harp already. And what does he do? They're in the World Series right now. So, like, I mean, that's what Dave Dombrowski does. But Dave Dombrowski's been around for a while, but he's also made his rounds around Major League Baseball. Brad Cashman's been at that organization since 1986. And yes. then obviously in 1998, like you said, he became the general manager. And, and, you know, I don't give him any of the credit because he inherited that goddess of a team. That's fair. Right? That's and, fair. And, yep. That's and, fair. And, got all, and he got all the credit when Gene Michael really deserved all the credit, you know, not him sure. or George Steinbrenner for that matter. And, and that's what really kind of irks me is that those two guys oh, reign in all the glory. And people forget about the two guys that really kind of built it up. So – you know, I do think that Cashman needs to go. I think we do need some fresh blood. I think we need some new faces. And, you know, it's time to get rid of this, like you guys said, the old school mindset. You know, we need we need some new, young, fresh guys up in upper management that will, you know, kind of, you know, make this organization as great as it can be and as it should be. You know, because what I saw in the ALCS and to you guys, you guys can probably attest to this, is that I saw I saw probably the most pathetic performance I've ever seen from this team since I've ever been a fan. Game three was the yeah. worst game I've ever seen from a Yankee team since I've ever been a fan. And I've seen a lot and I've seen a lot of bad games. Right. Yeah. But this was just the, the, this that but game three and four took the cake. It was just no one cared. Everyone was like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, the bats were like that. There was no urgency. Even the atmosphere in was kind of mid. And I was like, what the hell is this? So it, it's, it just sucks to see. So, you know, and, you know, Judge is obviously now a free agent, right? He's not a Yankee technically. No one knows where he's going to go. You know, the media doesn't know. The Yankees don't know. Like, it's a big question mark and, and it's concerning and I am I am genuinely afraid 
of him yeah. leaving if the money is not right. Now, if the money's right and he does leave, then I'm not going to fault. Well, that, that's on him at that point. I think, yeah, that's, I think that, 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 are, that's on him. I think the odds are very good. He remains a Yankee in my mind. And, you know, I think, I think Cashman's not dumb enough to, to let a guy like that go. And he's basically single-handedly carried you to the playoffs. I just can't see him leaving. If he leaves, it's for an insane amount of money. That's not even uh, comprehensible. But to your point, Anthony, I mean, when you talk about worst Yankee losses, I remember 04 a little bit. Um, obviously, I was pretty young, but I mean, obviously, you know, the vibe around the house and all that stuff during the time. You know, obviously, being down, being up 03 and losing that, that's got to be the most painful Yankees loss, I got to think, in, in, our, in our lifetime. Is that 04 Red Sox comeback? And that was. Yeah. That yeah, was really but, rough. I mean, yeah. I mean, I. I, I don't remember any of that, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, I just remember no, the vibe. I, Obviously, I'm not watching in the game, but I just remember the vibe yeah. and I remember the whole attitude around the house. Yeah. I was too young to watch the game. But what I'm saying is, uh, there's another bad loss that comes to mind. Which one do you think? 2018 against the Red Sox. Remember 16 to nothing or 16 to uh, one? Yeah. That's another bad one that comes to mind. So how about the how about the Diamondbacks? Oh yeah, worlds. It was on the brink, and then game, 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 yeah, game six. We got um, it was more. It was more of game six. Was what what, what was the balance? We were up three two, and then we just get destroyed. Yeah, seventeen or sixteen to one, and then game seven. I mean, it's just you know. All right, so just, that was two thousand four. Is a perfect tran- uh, transition here because. I wonder you guys thought of this. We haven't really talked about it. I, I mentioned I was going to bring it up but uh, before we started, but I, I mean, I didn't hear you guys' thoughts on it. The Yankees actually, the, the I think as a mental strength coach, mental video coach, something like that. I don't know what it was for the Yankees. Someone decided it was, the, it was a good idea to make a video of and show the Yankee players, remind them of the Red Sox coming back from 03 down against the Yankees in 2004 and winning at Yankee Stadium in Game 7. I mean, first of all, <laughs> first of all, it did nothing, right? The Yankees, uh, the Yankees played it, played, played a little with a little bit of heart in game, game four, but ultimately, you know, it, they got they let it get away from them pretty, felt like pretty quickly in my mind, and I was never confident in the Yankees winning that game, even when it was three nothing. I, I, I had zero faith, but, um, I want to, I want to know from you guys, is that the right thing to do. I mean, I'll play Michael K's take, which I loved. And I mean, is that, is that really the right thing to be doing? Showing your own team losing from an Oh three lead. Do do you guys know the memes about old people trying to blend in and be hip and modern with the young people? And there's, and they're just so out of touch and awkward with it but they think they're so cool doing it and they're blending right in. And all the kids are like, no, stop. You're embarrassing us. That's exactly what I'm feeling from the Yankees organization right now. They are this old ragtag, I'm going to say boomer organization who is trying to do the new trends, do the, you know, hit the home runs, get these flashy pitchers. And it's just not working. It's not working, and it's never going to work with the current regime. If it was going to work, it would have already. But did you like the idea of the team 
basically the, the the staff trying to take a lesson from from their old Yankee team to say, no. here's your motivation. No. That's insulting to the Michael K said this, and I'm gonna play it here in a sec. That's insulting to the 04 guys that were on that team. Is it not? It's the guys insulting that lost to that any, it, it's insulting to anybody that's ever been affiliated with the Yankees in any way. I want to, yeah, I want to play Michael K's take because this was actually really insightful, and I and I think you know, it, it, <laughs> people know I'm not very fond of Michael K, but it was actually I thought, yeah, well, I thought this was a, this was spot on with what he said. I talked to three players from the '04 team. They were outraged by the fact that their failure was being used as motivation for the 2022 team. How could you do that? It would be like somebody from Lincoln's family, and you, 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 you're trying to teach them about shootings in theaters, and you use their dad as an example of how to avoid it. I mean, Perfect. you out of your mind. Perfect. And then to make it worse, Eduardo Perez, who's doing the game with Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio, has Aaron Boone FaceTime with David Ortiz. And or, or, Ortiz supposedly uh, gave some... Uh, uh, advice about how to come if I'm Aaron Boone and I know that they, uh, Eduardo Perez tried to walk it back well you know they were joking around about the Philadelphia Eagles or whatever and then but no 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 here Aaron Boone has to say to David Ortiz or to Edward no thank you but no that's that we're not going there and here's the amazing thing Don and Peter <laughs> they told the media yeah that's the other part that's the other part I forgot to mention. Aaron Boone and the Yankees were the ones that voluntarily told the press. The press, this was not leaked to the media. This was something that Aaron Boone wanted, wanted to, to do and tell the media. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have, I'm at a loss for words for that. I don't think there are any words that you can put it that that you can use to describe it. I really want to know what goes through the minds of these decision makers for the Yankees. I really, I do. would like, I would like to know what the hell they're smoking and where I can get some of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so it's so odd at at this point, but it's not surprising. Because now, after looking at all these crazy, wacky decisions uh, from the bullpen, the analytics, that's the other thing, the overuse of information. I mean, the over, I think they overuse analytics to the point where it's like, come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's m so mind-boggling to me. And I really don't, I really don't understand why what goes through these minds. I really don't. I've never seen it this bad. Really. It's just brutal. I mean, what's in store yeah. for next season? Like who do you, I don't even know who you keep, uh, who you, who you get rid of. And now I'm seeing reports as we're doing the show. When I was playing the bite, um, uh, that San Francisco is going to spend whatever it takes and won't be under bid to let to land Aaron judge. According to, I think that's Cuddy, Brandon Cuddy of NJ.com. Yeah, I've been seeing that too. And look, 
the Gi- the Giants are going to end up paying him like $50 million. If that's Judge's final at bat in a Yankee uniform, look, here's what I will say. We The Dodgers, we can always get Trey Turner. If if Let's say Judge goes, all right? Mm-hmm. Do you think Trey Turner's a good alternative? Trey Turner and another another superstar? If you trade Trey Contact Turner, if you trade Trey Turner, Volpe's getting traded. No, 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 not a trade. We acquired Trey Turner. No, yeah, but he, I, he, I, he's I'm saying Volpe. Forget Volpe then. Buy Volpe. Yeah, you're, you're basically yeah, saying it, that. You know. I, oh yeah, true. I, someone, true. So, well, someone's getting traded. Either Glaber gets traded. Trey was, Volpe, Volpe gets traded. Well, yeah. Wait a minute. I was yeah, about Glaber, to say. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Glaber getting traded after what I just saw. I'd be fine. I'm with totally that. cool. Ship I'm, him I'm off. totally, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. I think the Yankees really have to start owning up. This is the last I'm going to say about the Yankees before we have to move on to San Diego and Philadelphia. The the Yankees, I think, really need to start owning up to their decisions that they made previously on a lot of these players. They did it with Luke Voigt. They said Sayonara. All right, it took a long time for that one, and they sold him at a. They should have sold him earlier when he won the home run when he was the home run king of 2020. And that was freaking early. Um, they should have done it then to San Diego, but they didn't. And you know what? Like, I can think about all these different decisions, but the Yankees need to start owning up to these guys about uh, owning up to decisions they made about these guys. And a lot of the young talent, Glaber Torres is one of them. One of you guys mentioned Glaber's uh, the decision to acquire Glaber Torres. Anthony did, I think. And Duhar, and Duhar, it was a good decision in my opinion that never got played because of the injury. Yeah. And and as much as I like Gio Urshela, why that was a contact hitter. Now he's gone. Who did we get in replacement of Gio Urshela? Josh Donaldson, a power and hitter. Trevino. Here's what I'll, Trevino was the upgrade. All right, Trevino was the upgrade. IKF was also in that trade, and he's the new Glaber Torres who was playing shortstop last year. Yep. And Glaber was horrendous at short. Okay. Yeah, I think he can't you play got, short. I, I, IKF really can't play short in my mind. Yeah. He's, here, a, he's a, huh? Here, here's probably the most egregious problem I'm seeing with the Yankees organization. Tommy, like you, you've been saying, you know, we developed this great farm system. We got this great farm system. You know, we're consistently in like a top 10 farm system, no matter how many guys get pulled up or how many guys get traded away, which is great. It's a fantastic thing. But who in our farm system has seriously panned out to be good? Yeah. Okay, Science there's judge. one there's one there's Judge. You can argue Severino, but he's constantly getting hurt. So he, he's good, but he's never healthy enough to be good. I mean I mean who who else is there? Our our bullpen, I guess anyone that's come up from the bullpen, but the bullpen I mean, can only get you so far. And bullpen players are a dime a dozen. You don't need the farm to get a good bullpen necessarily. No, um, I mean I'm thinking of prospect younger guys right now. We don't have many homegrown guys except for Judge. I mean, yeah, just Judge Miguel and Gu- and Duhar's gone. Well, Hicks. Hicks, he's, Hicks is out for the postseason. And, right? Yeah, but is Hicks isn't homegrown? good. Yeah. I think Hicks is homegrown, yeah. But he's not... He, yeah. Either that or we got him... 
or we got him like a couple years before he broke into the majors. But yeah, like Gary Sanchez had a great rookie year, has sucked ever since. You know, Hicks, you know, showed promise. Nothing came of it. You know, Glaber Torres, yeah, we technically traded for him, but he was still kind of a farm piece acquisition. He hasn't panned out and done anything. You know, Clint Frazier was supposed to be this great guy. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. There there are no, aside from Judge and Severino when he's healthy, there's been no good farm talent we've had that has come up and consistently stayed good and who is still with the team. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a um it's a frustrating situation and I I mean <laughs> we got to we got to end it there guys cuz we got to move on. Um but I mean we'll talk more about the Yankees plenty. We'll unveil information at the end of the show by the way, so stay tuned. Um let's get to the situation with the Philadelphia Phillies. They're going to the World Series. Amazing ball club they turn out to be. Whether they win or lose. They're the underdogs in the series against Houston. Do you like Philly's chances to beat the Astros? Yes. Yeah. I think they have a legitimate, more than legitimate shot. They have a more, especially what I saw from Houston against us. Again, I wasn't impressed from the Astros during the ALCS, nor was I impressed from them from the Seattle series. I think their offense. I think the Astros are very beatable, especially when you have Alvarez going what and I think Uh, like four for twenty, twenty-eight or something like four for thirty, five for thirty. Well, say it again. I said I said their offense is going to be the deciding factor in this, in my opinion. I think pitching, I think they go neck and neck. I think the offense is going to be the deciding factor. And I think Philly's coming in with a hotter offense than Houston is. Yeah. You know, I think that, look, Houston got – I'm going to say Houston got lucky, but look, they faced a Yankee team that just was just – they couldn't hit the ball to save their life. Right. Yeah. Because if you look at the scores of the game, it was four two, three two. I mean, game 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 four was the game, not game four. Game three was the only one where that was kind of like, all right, they, that was that was a blowout. It was five nothing, right? Even game even game four, they won six five. The games were all close. They didn't they they didn't win by a landslide. They were all tight games, four two three two five nothing six five. Those were the scores, and mm-hmm. and Philly. You know, besides game two, kind of steamrolled them. And it came with the big hits when they mattered most and kept within it. Like even game three, they were down or game four, whatever. I think they were down like four, four nothing in the first. And then they scored three right back at it. And then they just kept pounding away and pounding away and pounding away. They ended up winning about like three. Yeah, so you know, I think with Harper doing what he's doing, I think he, I think, I think, I think what's going to really be the key factor is Harper. He wants this, and he wants this bad because of what happened in, in Washington the, yeah. the following year when he left. Sure, like he he understands what this means not only for the city of Philadelphia because they haven't won it in eleven and since two thousand eight, but what it means for his career. Because if he wins, if he wins this, in my opinion, and I think you guys are agree with this, he's he 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 will eclipse Mike Trout. Oh, I mean, I, I, I think so based on merit, but I mean, when you think about it, right, I have to, huh, I can't give much excuse to wow. Trout because he's the one, he's the one signing. No, I, I don't think AC's um, far off. I just, 
it's hard for me to debate on Trout because Trout kind of signed his own check with the Angels. So, you know, I can't really be sympathetic necessarily for Trout on that end. He decided to stay with a team that's not contending for the postseason, uh, if not even World Series at all. So I, I can't really make excuses for Trout. Yeah, I would say I would say if Bryce Harper wins this, I'd say Bryce Harper is one of the um, I I followed Bryce Harper since his high school days. There were recruitment videos going viral. If you, I mean, AC probably knows he's a huge baseball guy. Uh, I mean, Bryce Harper. There's videos from when he was in high school hitting a 500 foot home run in Tropicana Field. I saw I saw those videos before he got into the majors, and I'm sure you guys did too. It was a viral video. It was something near 500 feet with a metal bat. It was ridiculous for a high schooler, even with an aluminum bat. Yeah, Bryce Harper has the talent. I would say, ooh, Jeff, you agree that he eclipsed Mike Trout? I would put him in probably the top three of generational talent that we have, um, at least as far as position players are concerned. I don't know if I would put him above Mike Trout simply because I still think Mike Trout is literally the complete package. The only thing, well, two things holding Trout back. One, his injury streak. And two, the fa- the fact the Angels haven't done anything. I I, I do think, though, that if, if this continues with the Angels and if Mike Trout keeps getting hurt every year like he does and if Bryce Harper is comparable to Trout, he doesn't have to eclipse him in the stats necessarily. He just has to be comparable to him, you know, like a few points shy of him in the major categories kind of thing. I think if he can do that, then I would argue, yeah, you you can make a legitimate case that Bryce Harper is the generational talent. That's pretty Yeah, I mean, mean, and you got to look, I mean, you got to give Harper a lot of credit too. It's the fact that of where he, right, because Trout wasn't projected to be he was supposed to be good no expected to even be this all-worldly one of the greatest to ever walk the face of the earth kind of baseball player harper yeah, no. was supposed to be that guy right he was painted to be the next lebron in baseball you know he was no one pick coming out coming out of high school went to washington struggled a little bit was a little cocky had to grow up a little bit had the great year in 2015 where we thought all right this is going to be the next eight years of his career hitting 350 smacking 30 and 120 and it wasn't like yep. that for a little bit. Then he leaves, goes to Philly, has an okay first season. Second season kind of was good. Then he tore it up in the second half, won the MVP. And now I, I now I think we're seeing. I, I think I think Harper as he's getting older, he is coming. He's becoming more within himself and understanding himself as a baseball player. And the more mature he's getting, the better he's getting, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. The fact that the older he's getting, the better he's getting. So to Jeff, your point, I think, you know, what I said was a pretty bold statement. And to your point, if 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 Harper is comparable to what Trout is going to continue doing for the next couple years, and I don't know, let's say Harper wins another MVP, and who knows, maybe they win another World Series. If they win this one, I'm not saying they will win this one. You never know. But if that does happen – by not only statistics, but by merit, I mean he's he had he's gonna have the better career, and no one would have said that three years ago. Mm-hmm. 
right? So it just shows how much evolve, how much he has evolved as a baseball player compared to what Trout has. And we've seen Trout like we're seeing a regression with Trout already, even though he had a great season this past year, right? He smacked four home runs and missed what like thirty games because of the bag injury. So you know, but it also, but I'm sure Trout's probably sitting back, be like, I'm sure. Because you guys said like he signed away his career, basically. Tommy, that's basically what you said. He's kind of signed away his career. I think I he's think probably he looking back. He's probably like, damn. I re- I think he should have tested the free agent market. I really oh, think absolutely. he should have. I think I think he would have gotten half a billion dollars. I really do. He would have got five hundred oh. million dollars, and who knows where he could have been? Maybe he could have went to Philly. Imagine those two guys. Harper and Trout, yeah, maybe one of them took a pay cut. You know, I don't know. That, that that was rumored for a little bit. I mean, you know, the the fact that Trout, I think Trout could have easily have been a better player on another team. As great as Trout is, I I think Trout could have been way better on another team on a team that's a contender. And I don't mean that from a standpoint of because they're a better team um, on paper, but I mean by coaches. I mean, look what happened to Tyler Skaggs, and look how irresponsible they handled the Angels organization and coaches mm-hmm. handled that situation, right? Um, on a on a moral level and a criminal level, right? I mean, looking back on it, I think I think Trout seriously did himself a disservice by not uh, testing the market. He easily could have gone to a team like a hometown team like Philly, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's from Millville, New Jersey, not far from where from where uh, some of us are, and. You know, that's you know, that's something maybe he could have done. And just imagine a team here's, Mike Trout here, here, and Bryce here's, Harper. Here's a very scary hypothetical here. Sure. Imagine for two seconds and then you can purge it from your mind forever. Mike Trout on the Red Sox with Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers. Imagine that team. They won. They won a World Series without a guy like Trout. Now yeah. add him to the mix, and, and they probably would have kept winning. That probably would have been one of the most lethal offenses the game has ever seen. I still say the Mookie trade to, to the Dodgers was one of the dumbest trades the Red Sox ever made in their history. Oh, I agree. It was one, it, and and, and the Red Sox are a very old franchise. They are very. They're one of the oldest franchise in all, franchises in all of sports, and I'm saying that, you know, that was a pretty dumb trade. Because look what Mookie's doing in LA now. I heard that. I heard a report, and I was telling I see about this um, when I last saw him the other day. The Dodgers are considering they would if they brought in Judge. They would they would be leaning on bringing Mookie Betts to second base in order to put Judge in right field. How much sense does that make? He hasn't played second base at all in his career. And all of a sudden you're you're willing to do that kind of thing? I mean, just for Judge? I mean, Judge has even proved he's going to hit in the postseason for you. I mean, it's just crazy to me. Now the Giants, I mean, if the Giants get him, I don't know. Is it where would Judge would play right, but I just can't envision him. Oh. I can't envision it. If if he goes to San if he goes to San Francisco, like you guys tell me, if he goes to San Francisco, how do they balance out their team? They're kind of screwed financially a little bit. 
Yeah. Without really yeah, knowing if they're going to contend for the postseason. I mean, any team is going to get screwed, at least in the long run. Maybe not in the short term, but in the long run. Any team that signs Judge is going to get screwed financially. That That's just the way these contracts are. And there's a lot of contracts that are like that. <laughs> Donaldson. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're the Yankees, go back to the Yankees real fast here. If you're the Yankees and Judge walks, let's say Judge becomes whoever. He's not in your, let's say he's not in our division anymore. All right, so Judge is gone. Who would you guys be satisfied with if Judge left the Yankees and we had to start kind of replacing Judge? Because they did a lot. Well, you willing to part with Volpe? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) I I like our young guys, dude. Given the track record, and I said this before, given the track record of what we've done with our young guys coming up into the big leagues, I'll gladly give away Volpe because I have absolutely zero faith in this organization to do anything with our farm system aside from screw them over and trade them for a bag of potato chips in five years. Yeah, like Miguel Andujar. <laughs> yeah, that was like Cl- and I liked him like Clint for the Frazier. And the oh, well, Clint Frazier kind of dug his own hole a little bit. Yeah, he was but he was given still, chances. Yeah, but still sold him for chips. Um, Ben Gamble, you know Ben Gamble, you know you can look at Ben Gamble. You know he was a highly touted prospect and kind of just got rid of him. Yeah, Grant, 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 he hasn't done much of anything at a major league level, but that would have been another example, you know, of quality farm talent that wouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's, it's hard to say. Like I, yeah. When I look, when I think about it, I, I have more faith in the Yankees farm system than you do. I think you're just more, more um, concerned about the, how they're going to be managed. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't you get like me wrong. Their I, talent. You like yes. their talent. It's nothing, but it, it's about the decision-making and how they get brought up is what you don't like. Yes, exactly. I have faith in the guys in the farm system. I don't have faith in the guys who are going to take over for the guys in the farm system once they come up and they're not in the farm anymore. That's what I have a problem with. I respect that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I and I totally get it. Like that's that makes sense. Like look at Oswald Peraza, right? You know he made his MLB debut in a nine nothing loss. And like, like he got pinch hit, like he was pinch hitting in a nine, nothing loss in the, he was the second to last out of the game. And that was his MLB debut, you know, at Yankee stadium, all the fans have left and everything. And his yep. MLB debut was, you know, that in a nine, nothing. Yep. Yeah. How is he supposed to perform? No one's watching. It's not exciting or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from there. I do. I, it makes sense to me, but yeah, it's hard to say. But you got to start looking at right fielders. I mean, you got to start looking at guys like Soto. You got to start looking at. I know Soto's got another year with, right, for San Diego. But. Yeah. You got to start looking, man. You really got. I. <laughs> what? How crazy would that be? We wait a year and Juan Soto tests the market, right? And then the Yankees can pick him up if Judge walks. I mean, how crazy I... would that be? I mean, I, I also think that's why, like, if we don't get Judge, we need to get Trey. Because 
Juan Soto is going to super inflate the market. It, if he doesn't immediately sign with the Padres, he is going to super inflate the market if he takes a while to sign. And everyone's price is going to balloon. Soto's just going to get that much more expensive. As soon as Soto signs with someone, everyone else can be kind of gouged at that level and obviously get paid less than him um, comparatively. But I think we need to get him this year because I think there are going to be a lot of guys that are going to try and go after Soto and they're not going to do anything too crazy this offseason in the hopes of maybe we can get Soto. And if not, we'll just overpay some other middling baseball player. Hmm. I would love I would love for Soto to come to New York. That'd be a that'd be pretty if we can't get Judge, if Judge walks, I'd gladly I'd gladly want to see the Yankees contend for Soto because he's because he's young, right? And even two years, that's pretty that's pretty young at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now we didn't really talk about the Padres a lot. Assessment of their season real quick before we start announcing some things and we go. San Diego Padres, successful season? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. We'll get Dom I mean, on here they, uh, before the end to talk, but yeah. I mean they they beat the Dodgers. Yeah. You know, they they technically won their division and they made it to the they made it to the pennant series. They made it to the NLCS. I, yeah, sh- could they have gone farther? Absolutely. But the fact that they were able to still beat the Dodgers even without Tatis playing is a sign of great confidence now for this ball club that we did it once we can clearly replicate this success once we have everybody back. Why not keep going all in? Let's keep running it back. Let's find let's fine tune a couple spots here and there and let's let's just keep rolling the dice. See what happens. Go right after the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it, man. It's it will be uh it'll be crazy, but I think San Diego overall is a they definitely we said this before on Thursday or Friday rather. San Diego, their adjustment from managers has been incredible. From Tingler to Melvin. I mean, Melvin's a really disciplined guy. You know, I give him all the credit. I mean, look what he's doing. I mean, how can you not have respect for that? And the lineup too. I mean, they did this all this without Fernando Tatis. They lost in five games, so that brings them up to, I don't know, like sixty uh fifty some games or sixty some games, I think. Uh that he that he's gone through with a suspension dude he's gonna be back before he's gonna be back well before a quarter way through next season even with before may that's crazy and good for san diego i mean that's that's pretty awesome yeah and jeff's also cheering for a hockey game and he's pretty he's pretty pumped but yeah i mean crazy 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 ac do you have any assessment on the padre season i mean we talked about a little bit the other day i mean it's got it's got to be a success. I mean, it is, but the windows close. The windows um, closing. Yeah. Because they only have Soto for you know Josh Bell's a free agent. Soto, they have another year of control, I think, for him or two years. I can't remember. Um, you know, Machado's. You know, it's twenty nine, but you know he's getting old. He's getting older. You know, he's got an opt out coming up. Tatis is a fat question mark now at this point. I don't know what's going on with him. He's still got to serve a little bit more of the suspension. He's had surgery again, 
on his wrist or shoulder. So it's like, it, like it is a successful season, and they do have like maybe another year or two. But like, they really need to be like, all right, well, we could be in some deep shit in a couple of years, especially if Tatis doesn't really start to get his act together, and if Machado opts out, it's not gonna look good. Sure. So it's yeah, so I- it's, it's, it's a success, but Padres fans, especially Don, needs to be aware of the fact like we are the AK fans would judge the fact that look it's like the window slowly closing and I don't know how they're going to keep it open yeah I get it that's yeah all right so we're going to close out there because I see we're way over time for this show but uh one thing you guys you guys ready to announce what the new podcast name is going to be do it up all right the new podcast will be called the New York State of Mind That'll be the new Yankees podcast that'll be coming shortly after the World Series. And you will start hearing from us on social media. Everything will be revamped. So if you're following someone that's awake, no need to unfollow and wait for the new page. That'll be the same page. Everything's going to be revamped. Email's going to be adjusted. So we're going to tell you about that as well. Everything's going to be changed, guys. And so this way, you all can have information to the podcast. This is going to be the same link as Swing the Twig. Just all going to be completely rebranded and, you know, we're all more than excited for that. And wow. I mean, the Yankees ending was very frustrating, but on the <laughs> selfishly on the podcast content creation end, it's great because it gives us a lot to talk about with you guys in the off season. And it gives a lot to talk about from January to opening day in uh, late March, early April. So mm-hmm. that's the really exciting part. But this off season is going to be probably one of the biggest ones, in my opinion, in Yankee history, as far as free agency, dealing because judge ain't the only free agent so we'll get into all of that uh well after the world series we'll start talking about it we'll let you know what's going on with dates and things like that new show and we're gonna let you know everything but until that time we will see you on friday to talk about the world series game one houston philadelphia let's go phillies we will see you on friday enjoy your night everybody Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.